begin with, what inspired you to start Cover Books? Was there an aha moment? Yeah, that was an aha moment that started when I was a kid myself. And I have um, a TED talk about this, um, which is quite fun. I was asked this question um, literally a non long time ago. So the, the Clever Books started with my kid's dream. And when I was a kid, back in school, I um, didn't see computers apart from being them in the, bo um, in the books only. And um, I realized that they were the books that my parents started with. And the situation even didn't change when I decided to become a teacher myself and go and teach the kids something new, something innovative. And I was pushed to do exactly the same with the books. And that's why I went into business. I studied different aspects of business, changed completely my background, completely my professional career. And um, I was always curious in the emerging technologies, and I am still curious in different emerging technologies. And this passion to something new, something creative, and the technology that can actually boost innovation and spark creativity in the kids' minds when they see this, this is all of this plus the background created the Clever Books. So you had mentioned something about sort of taking the plunge and sort of going into a very different career. So for anyone who's listening and who is considering making the jump to, you know, something that's a passion project or a business idea that they have, what advice would you have for them? My advice uh, is to be a curious person. And I will tell you why. Um, you see, obviously, it's a whole completely different discussion because the topic of being a polymath today or a T-shaped person is something extremely important. Everybody is right now so scared about machine learning and artificial intelligence that we're going to be replaced and how I can change my career and how I can be, you know, a different person and do something maybe out of my passion. But I can tell you one thing, being curious and learning a little bit here, a little bit there, um, exploring different areas. Of course, you can keep on being specialist in one area, but at least developing curiosity by reading books and being a lifetime learner. Uh, doing different courses. This is something that can help you to understand what areas will you like in the future if you decide to change the career, where you can potentially, as an outsider of a specific industry, um, innovate and bring something that can be a potential business idea for the entrepreneurship. And additionally, it can help you to uh, even if you're working for a big company, it can help you to understand different areas of the business and how they operate rather than just guessing what the departments are doing. So I think being a curious person is the key point and lifetime learning is the key point of uh, having a successful professional career. Mm -hmm. Even if you want to change, you want to become an entrepreneur and trust me, being an entrepreneur, and you know that for sure, is not a person of one type of profession or one specialization. You need to understand broad um, areas of the business. You need to understand um, a lot of different aspects of um, completely areas that you might not know. Mm -hmm. And you might hate, for example, software development. You want to stay aside of it, but you still need to understand how it works because otherwise you wouldn't be able to hire the people that will be able to deliver what you want them to develop. So there are, there are different, like, you know, being curious person, I think, is the most important thing that you can have, um, you know, for your personal development that will help you grow professionally. Right. So speaking of curiosity, um, I saw on your Twitter that, um, you know, you've reviewed several books. Um, so what's a book that you're currently reading? And do you have any favorite books that you would highly, highly recommend to anyone? 
Oh, I have a lot of books that I would highly recommend. So, and as I can highly recommend a lot of books, I'm, I'm reading on average about 100 plus books a year. And uh, those books I normally read that they're just coming out this year or I'm getting the advanced reader copy as the reviewer. It's just my hobby. So um, you, you might see that I have the video reviews, the written reviews of the books, but every year I post um, my top picks from the year, from the books that I would recommend. I am obviously specializing in the area that I prefer. My area is the business area. So um, my all the books I read are connected to broader business area. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, that's the books that I would absolutely recommend reading and that impressed me. And I, and I strongly believe that, p- that people will like it. And the book that I have finished recently reading, like literally on the last weekend um, is oh, one of the books is Imagination Machine that like totally impressed me. That's the book from Harmar Business Review Press, like really recommend everybody going and reading it, regardless if you have a team, if you are just a single standalone person, you want to develop yourself. And this book will create the whole process of learning experience about where imagination is coming from, then how you adapt it to business, what you can do to spark this uh, creativity and imagination among other people and spread the idea, make sure that it's going to be working for your business mm-hmm. and also learn a lot of interesting things about the artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. So speaking because of- it is also creative and innovative, apparently, and we are not that far from the big breakthrough. <laughs> so speaking of, you know, uh, sparking imaginations, um, if you know, if we see VR as somewhat of an extension of AR, but something that's a bit more immersive, what are your thoughts about VR in education? Oh, they are completely different. Mm. And I have um, learned about the augmented and virtual reality, which one is good, which one is not suitable for specific groups of people. And I can tell you, like, those technologies, I strongly believe in them. And telling, uh, talking about the augmented reality right now, it's like a big... Um, breakthrough in the education because at least people have heard of it. But if you would be talking back in 2015, 16 to people like augmented reality, they would be saying augmented what? What do you do with this? And it's like, oh my God, you, need, you have, and you, you are delivering the lecture again and again. Mm-hmm. But today, um, augmented reality is one of the affordable tools um, if I compare it with the virtual reality, just because you can take a mobile phone or you can, in the worst case scenario, you can use the web-based AR and it's gonna work as well. But I think from the perspective of the age, um, augmented reality would be most suitable for the kids that um, that are just at the beginning of the learning curve, like primary school kids, mm-hmm. for the simple reason. They need to identify what is real, what is not real, what is like, you know, virtual object. And before they, uh, and the augmented reality supports that because it overlays the objects on the real world. So you can clearly identify. And also you can play with the augmented reality slightly longer uh, than with the virtual reality. But mm-hmm. virtual reality is a, is a different fun. And I think it's a fantastic tool for secondary students, uh, secondary school students, for the university and college students, and specifically for the professional um, education. Um, I strongly believe in the virtual reality in this sense. Yes, it's a little bit more expensive because you need to have a great graphics in my opinion, because if you deliver a product, it needs to be a quality product because otherwise it's just, you know, it's just going to be useless. If you put this on and, you, and you're inside of a cartoon, um, is it going to be any benefit apart from the gamified element? Not really. 
But I strongly believe that it could be applied in different um, educational areas, specifically in the medical in different areas where you need to like uh, construction or um, you know um, repairment of something so where you need to have specific skills um, I would like lab experience many experiments maybe we need to have specific skills and the environment around you to feel that you are actually immersed in it so and I think it's absolutely fantastic I have found also a great um, examples of the application of the virtual reality in school education where kids create their reality and they put these goggles on and then they dive into it and they kind of explore what they've just created on the pc which i found like absolutely brilliant but before you do this step you need to really understand what you're doing what you're creating and you know what um exactly is real not real and what instruments you need to use because if you just do it for the sake of doing it there's a big chance that um you know you wouldn't learn anything mm. and it will be just time of a game played and nothing learned. Mm -hmm. So you're talking, you you're mentioning about how um, the perception of what AR was is changed now versus a couple of years ago. Um, so what are some common misconceptions that you've seen in the past? And do you think they've kind of stayed the same even today or, or has it changed? It has changed a lot because AR is something that people experienced more because earlier it was AR is something when you put the goggles on and then say, no, you don't need. And then how do you see something if you don't put the goggles on? And so you, you use the lens of your mobile device. Really? And, you know, uh, there was um, there was the people were mixing up those poles uh, because in some cases for the augmented reality, you do need the, gla the goggles and the glasses, but they are completely different. And, um, you know, sometimes there were questions like, can you see augmented reality through the virtual reality glasses? And you ask like, for which purposes you're gonna do this? Because it's overlay of, on the real world. So you will see your own room or like your own settings, and then you can put the, the augmented objects, you know, around you, in front of you and so on where the virtual reality completely gives you, gives you the experience of diving in. The misconcept is, like, I don't see a lot of this right now, to be honest. Um, what I see is people are more open in trying it. Of course, the price point sometimes could be an issue, especially if we're talking about the virtual reality. I mean, as I said, if you want quality, you need a good quality goggles. Mm -hmm. Augmented reality... Yes, if you want quality, you'd better have a good mobile device or you'd better have a good, uh, you know, glasses um, to use the augmented reality. But still, it's, I, I, I see it's a little bit more affordable. And um, it, it, I think it takes time for people to adopt and for technology to develop. And, you know, I'm old enough to remember that the, the phone that we had, uh, you know, that was connected to the wall mm -hmm. and there were no mobile phones. And um, it was, you know, it's just the, the phone that everybody had and everybody had the same number. And when I was telling my daughter that there was a phone that you can't take it with you. And she's like, how you can't take your phone with you? So, well, easy. And then all the family members have one number. So one number. And if somebody calls you and it's personal, I said, well, then they, they better ask your father or mother or whoever picks up the phone to, to let you know that somebody is calling you. And it's, uh, you know, and you need to be at home because otherwise you can't take the call. Yeah. And that's, you know, those moments when I remember and like when you're meeting somebody, you're just telling you meet at this point of time, you know, at that uh, place. 
and the person comes or doesn't come and then you have this feeling okay it looks like the meeting is canceled you don't whatsapp like right now you come and you start texting like where are you and stuff like that mm-hmm. and also like if we that i and one of the um events i was telling people like if you are if you're old enough like me just think of of the phrases that i'm gonna say and they were and and then uh, put yourself about um, you know 30, 40 years ago 30 40 years ago and he said like when i was driving i was listening to the book there were no audiobooks 30 40 years ago or like i called you from the forest on from my phone people will feel you are crazy if you're saying things like this 30 40 years ago you can't call anybody from the forest if there was no mobile phone at that time <laughs> you know and things like this so and that's you know we are at better stage with the augmented and virtual reality right now and i can say like those tools are incremental for faster learning experiences because the information that kids and all of us need to consume now is just massive. It's just tremendous. And uh, to have this information and remember it, we need to have technologies that have this combination of visual, audio, and kinetic. And the reason for that is this point of, and it's a little bit of the pedagogy, it's the effective learning. Mm -hmm. Effective learning is the learning connected with the emotion. If you have some connotation and connection with the information you receive and the emotion associated with it, you will keep and retain this knowledge in the, for a long period of time. And the best example I will tell you, like, do you remember everything you learned at school? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But, if you, but if I tell you, think now, what do you remember from school? And, if, and you will start, you know, some spikes of memories. But this is definitely connected. Like you were excited. Teacher told you something like you said, wow, or you were scared or something. This is emotional connection. So this is how um, both of those tools are working. And I can tell you like augmented reality and virtual reality, they are tools. But how we use them is important in terms of how kids are learning using them. So in terms of um, say, five to even 10 years, where do you see AR going? Well, I think it's going to go crazy. I think finally people will say like, yes, I know what is augmented reality. I really, you know, I was dreaming back like five years ago, I was dreaming like, I'm going to call the person and say, do you know what is augmented reality? And they will tell me, yes, I've used it. And I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. So I think people will definitely have experience with this. There are so many, you know, opportunities to do this. And I think even virtual reality will, will go. I don't know how fast, because just because of the these headsets and stuff like that, because I've experienced the virtual environments on the PC. It's not the same as, you know, with the headset. It's not the same, you know, it's not the virtual reality. But um at least, the, at least I think there is a big um, step forward. There are more affordable, you know, goggles. There are more affordable glasses with documented reality. And I think it's all, it's all about the content as well. Because mm. obviously this is a tool. And you need to produce quality content that people will see benefit. So I think it will be an essential tool in schools, for sure. It will be an essential tool in the universities where the hands-on experience is required. Because in first place, it saves um, time because you can repeat the same action again and again and again and nobody bothers like you can do the same uh, medical operation again and again in this virtual environment until you learn how to do this right. so and i think it's um really beneficial for um for the future uh, learning experiences that's where i see that um if it's going to be used in industry <clears throat> i'd say yes 
it does have um, a lot of opportunities. But, you know, with all the opportunities that come with these technologies, there are also a lot of obstacles like privacy, like ethics and all these things. So I think we are all in, the good, in a good shape to overcome that um, and go ahead and uh, use those tools. And I really believe that a lot of um, great ideas will come in terms of content and in terms of application of those technologies. Mm-hmm. So um, one final question. Um, and this is something that it, you probably touched on in our conversation so far, but for any parent or education educator, um, you know, why is education with AR um, integrated is either part of their uh, part of courses or the curriculum. Why is that a good thing? And why should they uh, be interested, you know, in it more than um, sort of the old school, (laughs) old school, the way I grew up or, you know, uh, that did not involve uh, or integrate AR? You know, um, I think this is a two-sided question. And the first, the first part of the question, because I had these conversations with like, as you, you probably researched me and you've seen that I've, part, I've, I've talked at a lot of events and I do a lot of workshops, which are remaining offline and they are not online. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you, I've met a lot of teachers and a lot of parents. And there are two types and still two types of people in this area, teachers and parents, same. One says, digital is bad. I'm gonna teach my kid without any digital. Another say, digital is great. I'm gonna teach my kid only with digital. So what I, I'm a big fan obviously of technology. This is clear, but I can tell you for sure that uh, what I'm telling you to, the, to everybody who's saying like, I'm not gonna teach my kid with digital. I want them to stay away from tablet. I hate screen time and all this stuff. Mm. You know, you can, you can obviously do this. That's in your hands, but keep in mind, that um, in the world of tomorrow, regardless your profession, I think it comes to cleaners soon as well, you will need to use technology, unfortunately. You will need to be able to type, you will need to be able to send messages, to log in whatever service you've done. And if you are right now preventing your kid from this, it might be he or she might be losing right now that time where he and she can learn basics of the digital. So the same with the augmented reality. Of course, teachers can teach with books. That's no problem. I don't see it. This is a book. I love books. I'm a big reader. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. How how many times do they need to repeat the school um, curriculum in order to retain the information? Because at the end of the day, why school years are that extended in time? Yeah. It is extended in time because it's a repetitive type of curriculum. In the reg- regardless which country, is the same information being repeated over and over and over and over again because the math program, it could be condensed and actually learned within three, maximum six months, the whole school program. But just because we repeat it over and over again, and at the end of the day, um, I don't you know, really know personally anybody who remain, remembers what they've learned at school. Mm-hmm. And another question that they are hesitating to understand how to apply that in the real life. So, but just because it's repetitive, it's becoming boring. It's becoming not interesting. And then it's being rejected by the brain. Mm-hmm. Easy as that. This is simple psychology. If somebody will be coming to you and constantly telling you something, at some point you will say, hey, stop. I'm, this is enough. Mm-hmm. So this is what kid's brain is saying. 
But if you at least diversify uh, your teaching methodology, books, combine them with some augmented reality, virtual reality, digital tools, digital games, something, they will retain the information longer because I was telling you why in the, a little bit early in the podcast. Mm-hmm. But I think the most important thing here is not just focusing on one, one single technology. I think it needs to be a diversity because at the end of the day, kids need to learn how to read books because I am for it, definitely. You need to be able to read. And the most important thing, not only to read, but also to love reading and understand what books and the value of the book. But I am happy if they are reading electronic books, which is also a skill of using digital tech. And by teaching with technology, by teaching with computers, by teaching with augmented and virtual reality, we are um, helping them to understand what exists out there in the in the technology technological world, which is, I think, extremely important for everybody. And it creates the basis and the ground of what they can create in the future, where they see the gap. And if we do that from the early age, we'll help them to spark this understanding of like, oh, if I would be doing this, I would be doing this a little bit differently. And that's the way we are going to create future innovators, future creators, and all people around. And I think that the most important thing and why education is my passion, you probably see that education is something I'm completely crazy about because it's an investment in the future of the humankind. Because if we don't invest in our generation today, these people are gonna be our doctors. These people are gonna be ruling the countries. These people are gonna be fighting, I don't know, climate change, whatever. These people will be creating innovative new gadgets and things. So if we are uh, getting them stuck in something that we believe is a good idea, like let's focus on books only, uh, then we're getting them stuck in the past. And then they need a lot of time to catch up with whatever is out there. Plus keep in mind, it's the uh, it's just the cognitive dissonance for the kid. When he comes home, he has tablet, he has access to everything and comes to school and there's only book. Oh, come on, it's boring now. So, and that's why it's difficult to push kids to go to school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. And yeah. I think, I mean, so basically that was all of my questions, but it's been really helpful and insightful to kind of see things from your perspective too, especially since you've been in this industry for a while. And even though it's a different um, sort of sphere of education versus, you know, e-commerce, but I think that there's definitely something to that where is the experience of seeing something in AR is just more engaging and captivating and, and more fun. Absolutely. Yeah. But e-commerce application of AR is fantastic. I hate going to the shopping malls. Mm-hmm. Why would I go if I can try my shoes using an app? Why would I go if I can use an app and try makeup and order it online? Why would I go if I can try the dress on using AR? Why? So, I mean, it's a big, it's a huge potential, huge Huge. for people like me, especially. (laughs) Definitely very excited for the future of AR and VR. And, uh, but yeah, I want to be mindful of your time. So thank you so much uh, for, you know, answering all of my questions. And um, yeah, it was really great to uh, get to know you a little bit through um, and would definitely love to stay in touch. 
Absolutely. Feel free to connect with me and pleasure helping you out. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Great. Thank you, Daria. Um, Thank you. Bye-bye.